Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Katherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me, I have my co-host. I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic psychic medium and intuitive soul coach. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a large part of that process. Speaking our truth and riding the waves of life is how we heal, and we welcome you to do the same. This is Project Healing. Hello, Project Healing audience. I hope everyone's having a great day whenever it is that you're listening. I know a lot of you have probably noticed that I wasn't on the last couple of episodes, and I kind of wanted to explain a little bit around that. Um, We talk a lot on here about speaking your truth and knowing when you are feeling overwhelmed and when to take things off of your plate and when to add things to your plate and and self-awareness and how key that is, especially after the last episode that y'all listened to was about self-awareness. And the last couple of weeks, I was really feeling it. I was really tired. I was really overwhelmed physically and energetically and mentally just tired. Um, The idea of even waiting to stay up to record an episode was just, oh my God, it was unbearable to even think about keeping my eyes open for any longer. And typically what I do is just persevere and I push through and I keep going and then I find that I am a waste of a human the next day. And being the solo parent right now, it just felt really important to me that I listen to my body and I listen to my energy and I do take those moments to just relax. So the episodes that I was not a part of, um, a little bit of it was a higher level of anxiety and that was coming from a lack of sleep and I didn't feel like I could be present in that moment. And then it was a little bit of just pure exhaustion, to be completely honest. Um, This has not been an easy journey. Um, Just to share a little bit about my background, We had, my husband and I gave birth to, let's pause that. I hate when people say my husband and I gave birth. No, fuck that shit. I gave birth. He was there cheering me on. Um, To our third son, who was very much a surprise. You guys have heard me joke about that a thousand times, but he really was conceived while we were on an IUD. It had actually fallen out, so I guess we weren't on it, but we thought that we were. Um, So we got pregnant with him and that was quite the surprise and the reason that we had we had talked about having a larger family but we ultimately had decided it wasn't for us because he is active duty navy and he was going back to his sea tour and for those of you who don't understand what that means because I know where I live military jargon is just it's like a second language we all speak it down here but um for most of you listening you probably don't realize so with the Navy, most of the jobs or the rates in the Navy, you will have a sea tour and a shore duty. In your sea duty, you are attached to a ship, in his case. Um, you're attached to a ship for a certain number of years. So say for three years, he's attached to that ship. Now, that doesn't mean that ship is gone for three years. That means they have the potential to leave. They have to go underway for workups for like short periods, like a few days to a couple of weeks to a couple of months. And then you have which are like underways or 
you have your deployments, which are going to be longer, like four months, which is a really short underway, like five months, six months, um, seven months, eight months, nine months for deployments. Um, so we had decided we never wanted to do that while he was gone. It didn't feel fair to myself, to the children, to him. It was easier for us to be done with our family. And frankly, I hated being pregnant. So I, I had easy pregnancies. I just didn't like the idea of 100% feeling like my body wasn't my own anymore. Um, and my two boys were born practically back to back. They were 18 months apart. So my experience with multiple children was a chaotic one. So we had decided we were done with kids. Um, we were coming from a phase in our marriage where we were at each other's throats also. So we were kind of looking forward to his being gone in a way that we were going to reevaluate where we were with our marriage. Um, I don't recommend having a baby to bring you closer together, but for whatever reason, with me and my new career path, not working around the clock waiting tables, my taking care of myself in this way, my being very in charge of my anxiety at this point, and the boys were getting older, it was a much easier pregnancy actually. And maybe because of COVID, because I was locked inside all the time, I was able to relax a little bit more. Um, and I also learned what real exhaustion is when you can't nap when you're pregnant, because that is for the birds. That was awful. But anyway, um, moving forward, we had ultimately said no more kids. It's not fair. It's going to be too hard. And I never want to be pregnant while he's gone kind of thing. So I gave birth to our third son on July 23rd of 2020 and September 1st, I believe it was the first, he was, I'm so sorry, August 27th of 2020, he was commissioned as a Naval officer. He had been um, enlisted prior to that. So he essentially was living his dream career. This is literally what my husband went into the military to do. He wanted to go from enlisted to officer and he wanted this. And this would, um, I say trap, but it would contractually obligate him to serve another 10 years. And he would have to do back-to-back -back sea tours for the amount of um, money and training and all of that they put you in as training you as an officer in his position, you do back-to-back -back sea. So I believe it's three years and three years. And the reason I say I believe and I think and I believe like over and over is because it's very likely that either A, it will change, B, that it already has changed since he's explained it to me, or C, I have completely forgotten. But um, it is anywhere from like two to three years, I believe, of sea duty. So he's doing six years of sea duty back to back um, or total. So three and three. Um, essentially, that means that September early in September, he actually left and went up to an area called Dahlgren, Virginia, where he was training there for uh, three months. I believe he was up there September, October, November, December. That kept getting like things were put off. There was um, quarantine periods for him. For a little while, he was allowed to come back. And then the last month of it, he wasn't allowed back on weekends. He was only like two to three hours away. So it wasn't terrible. He would have and has in the past gone to school there and just come back on the weekends. But it wasn't something that was pre-kids, actually. But it wasn't something that he was able to do now because of COVID. So from September through December, I was essentially a single parent. He was home for about two weeks in December. And then early January, he left for Rhode Island for another school that was four weeks long. And at the end of that, he had to come home. And we live in Virginia Beach. He had to quarantine in a hotel in Norfolk, which is the next city over. So he was right around the corner and we couldn't see him. And from there, he was jumping on the ship and deploying. So he has since deployed. And all of that 
I w- it just, it got to the point where I was just overwhelmed and I was tired and I realized hindsight, I was definitely going through a bit of a depression and I, I say a bit because I've been in the throes of it before. I was still able to mom. I was still able to cook. I've taught myself to cook. I'm so proud of myself. This is not something that I typically had done before, but I'm doing really well with that. He is the cook. He likes to cook. I don't really care for it. I'm learning to like it now, but he loves doing that for people. And I, my love language is acts of service. So I really enjoy being cooked for actually. Um, it always tastes better, you know? So through all of this, um, prior to my third pregnancy, I was really struggling with alcohol use and it had been something since like my, I want to say my mid twenties, I really realized, wow, I, I really go all in when I, when I do drink and it wasn't drinking like every day or anything like that, but it was definitely becoming an issue when I would drink when I was with the restaurant. Um, and I'll get into more of this at another time, but it was always over the top. And there were plenty of things that looking back at, I wish I would have done differently around alcohol or that I never would have, um, maybe even picked it up because it definitely became something that I couldn't really control when it came down to it. It's easier not to drink than to restrict what I drink. And, uh, when he had first come back, he, I don't drink when he's not home because I don't feel like it's a good idea with my kids. I want to be completely alert in case anything happens, but I, I was having like a glass of wine here, a glass of wine there. And I read this book called, um, 30. Oh my gosh, you guys know me so well, you know, I'm going to forget the name of it. So I'll link it in the show notes, but I believe it's, um, Oh, the alcohol experiment by Annie Grace. And, uh, it's a 30 day experiment around alcohol. And I had done the experiment and it leads you to kind of like, you can cut back or you can quit either way. For me, it was a lot easier just to quit because I don't drink when my husband's gone anyway. But when I would, when he'd be home on the weekends, all in, all in right away. And it would be like an all day thing. We were painting a room. All right, let's drink while we do this. We're doing this. Let's drink while we do this. And he was always better about it than I was. So I always had him to rely on. Um, and very much, I wasn't really sure where this episode is going to go, but this is definitely part of it. So I started to be a little bit more introspective and I, I read through this book and I listened to just, it's like about 10, 15 minutes. And that's like a longer chapter. Like every day you listen to about 10, 15 minutes, they give you a journaling assignment Um, you're supposed to reflect on it, journal on it, whatever it is, pay attention to what your body is doing and what you were doing and how you're feeling. And then through there, it takes you to, um, they tell you if you're ever going to, if you believe that you can drink without being a drunk, then cool. Maybe you've learned how to restrict your drinking and, and act in an appropriate way with alcohol. But if you're going to continue to drink, they ask you at the end of this book to basically record yourself drinking and watch what it's like as you drink, what your body goes through and what your like face looks like and how your mannerisms change the more that you consume. They want you to get like schnockered, right? Um, I did not do that part of the experiment, but what I did do was have a really wild good time out with some friends and at one of their houses, um, it was just out of control. And it was like the first night I have to go behave and I didn't behave. And that kind of hit me really hard. And from there I started to think a little bit more and a little bit more. And I was still getting like a bottle for the week, like a bottle for a week is huge. Cause it used to be a bottle a night for me, but, um, it just, it was very clear that once I start 
I don't stop. And for the first time that I had actually decided to quit drinking, it wasn't a question of, I wonder if I really should stop. It was, it was a question of why it took me this long to get here. So there are just, there are so many things that I will share in um, greater detail on another episode, but it was so clear to me that this had to shift. And I think over the last few weeks, I had been doing some really careful introspection. And when I say that, I want you to know that introspection looks different for everybody. So for me, I would be lost in thought playing with my kids, or I would be taking walks and really thinking about things or just reevaluating what my day to day is like and how I feel. And it had the, it all kind of came crashing down when I had ordered a bottle. I call it the rooster wine. I don't know what it's called, but it's, it's a red wine. It's like $6 for a bottle. And I would order it. If you're not in a state that does this, I'm so sorry. Cause it's so easy, but I would order it and have it delivered to my house via Amazon fresh. So, um, thank God that I am a mother in this day and age and that I don't have to take all three kids to the grocery store because it is a cushy life we live here my friends um and I don't mean me I mean we in general as a society we have it so much easier than we are aware I think so anyway um not to squirrel off here from there it definitely became um it became a matter and if you're hearing car doors in the background I am yes recording in a parking lot my solo episode so my kids are not in the background. Um, it became for me, I I opened that bottle and I poured a glass of it and I started sipping it. I was like, you know what? This doesn't even taste that good to me. And this was my go-to wine. It wasn't doing it for me anymore. And I realized that if I actually drink this, I am drinking this just to numb out. And that's not what I want. This experience in life is so much better, albeit scarier sometimes when you're not numbing out than it is when you are numbed out because then you have a lot of blanks to fill in about what it is you're numbing from. And I really believe at this point, it's, it's not some deep, crazy, delicate shadow work. It is simply that being around my children 24 seven COVID moms. I know you hear this or dads being around your children 24 seven, especially when they're not school age yet. So they're not like locking themselves in their room and they do need your attention 24 seven. It's hard and it can really wear in your mental health. I tell you this as someone who right now today I had a very, very light schedule for readings and I decided I was going to go run some errands and bop around town and I am seriously sitting outside of a Dunkin' Donuts finishing this episode because it's just quiet and it feels so good to have nothing in the background for me other than the worrying of traffic. You don't get that kind of quiet with quarantine. You don't get that kind of quiet as a stay-at-home mom or as a work at home mom or dad now who is surrounded by their child all the time or children. So it was, it's just, it's been a lot and I was overwhelmed and I took a step back and I realized that one, my anxiety is a lot lower when I'm not drinking and I have been able to really like be aware of my triggers and being exhausted was definitely one of them. So even asking Jenna, Hey, do you mind doing this one solo or can you do another solo cast? The amount of sleep that I could get just for not waiting up 
until when we do record together or just from deciding after we record, I'm always really amped up too. So it always takes me a little bit to come back down to earth. So having that um, ability to just fall asleep with my kids at 7, 7.30 at night and go to sleep until the littlest wakes me up for food, it's it made such a huge difference in my mental state with my children. It was the difference between being a sloth on the couch and actually taking them outside and having fun and being an active part of their life because between lack of sleep and the gray skies that we have had here, it is hard sometimes to pull yourself out. And I know you guys understand that and I know you guys feel that. And it's just really important that we're taking care of ourselves. So ultimately, I was actually practicing what I preached for once. And I know that some people were probably wondering what was going on, but Project Healing is here and we are a team and that was us supporting each other in any way that we can. So you are going to be hearing more of these solo ventures here and there from both of us, but um, we hope that you enjoy them and we are happy to be here bringing you these messages. And for anyone who doesn't follow me privately on social media, I did actually celebrate 30 days sober a couple of days ago. So I'm really proud of that because for once I wasn't counting the days and going, oh my God, am I almost to 30? This is incredible. I actually looked back and thought, wow, when was that day that I bought that wine that I dumped? Oh, how many days have I been sober? Wow, I'm almost to 30. And I was just really shocked at that. I had to actually track on Amazon when the last time I had bought that wine was because I knew that that was the day that I had dumped it. So I didn't even have it in my mind as something I was 100% setting out to do. But now that I'm here, I am so happy to be here. My skin is so happy that I'm here. And my I'm so vain, I suppose, a little bit vain there. And my kids, I'm sure, are happier that I'm here because I'm already pushed to the limit sober. So living this life without my husband here right now and with three children who, oh my God, you guys know what it's like. Mom, watch this. Mom, watch this. Mom, did you see that? Mom, did you hear that? And you look over and you're like, what did you do? And they like hold their finger up in a funny way and you're like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Please kill me now because I can't watch this trick a thousand more times, but you know they're going to show it to you and you have to be excited for them anyway. So moms out there, if you're struggling I know the alcohol rates, the alcohol use rates have gone up significantly during COVID. And I did run a poll on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and I feel that the numbers were a farce. If I think that I think they were largely inaccurate, either people who never drank were saying, yes, I have been abstaining during quarantine while you were abstaining anyway, or the people who are just not comfortable admitting it to themselves yet. I think that's kind of where a lot of us are. So if anyone feels like they're in a place in their journey where it's not that they choose not to drink because it's just better for them, but that they've noticed because there are people who are out there who are just like, you know, I don't really drink very much. I'm talking to the people who know that in periods of their lives, alcohol has been problematic for them and you're struggling with, should you stop? Should you not stop? Number one, read or listen as I listened to um, The Alcohol Experiment by Annie Grace. I found it on TikTok and I am so glad that I read it. It was absolutely a game changer. And if you are someone who struggles with it in that way, please feel free to message me. Let me know what it is that I can do to help you, even if it's having someone to talk to or 
shoot some ideas past or let me know I am really struggling today and I can remind you that you've got this, then please reach out, okay? Um, you know where you can find me and you know that it's all linked below and I am going to include a link to the alcohol experiment in the show notes for this episode as well, okay? Um, for those of you who are listening around the time of this episode's release, we do have two new Patreon tiers that we will be sharing on social media or maybe have already shared by the time you hear this. So go ahead and check those out. And if you're feeling called to go look up the alcohol experiment and see for yourself how life-changing it can be. All right, you guys take care of yourself. And once again, thanks for listening to Project Healing.